We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hyben, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey everybody, Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Hey, I want to connect with you. Uh, I want to know what episode has been most impactful. Is there anyone in your network that you think I should interview on this show? LinkedIn is the channel that you're going to find me. So make sure you send a note with your connection request that references social capital. This podcast is sponsored by Keystone Click, a strategic digital marketing agency hosting bi-weekly educational webinars. Check out more at keystoneclick.com forward slash webinars. Today's guest is Duncan Littlefield. Duncan is the CEO of Littlefield, a company that owns companies such as the Littlefield Company, Paper Airplane, Sidecar, and who are critical equity partner contributors to profit-focused companies. Oof, that's a lot. Okay, the engine of his company is the Littlefield Company, where they tell undertold stories by delivering scalable content for purpose-driven companies. Plus, he's on a mission to always be a part of the larger conversation and to support everyone become obsessed with their own unique life. Duncan, welcome to the show. Well, I am so happy to be here. And I'm also so happy that you got through that intro because, wow, that was a lot. And I, I realized uh, that. Yeah, <laughs> it's great, though. You got a lot going on. We do. And, you know, really fortunate that we do. We're, uh, we have an incredible team over here that uh, arguably is uh, allowing me to fail a little bit at trying to do all this and have these big goals. And I don't know, I'm one lucky guy. If I can say anything about that, I feel like I'm one of the luckiest guys out there right now because, um, yeah, like you just said, you just listed a lot of things going on. <laughs> so Duncan, in your bio, I, I like this statement where you're telling undertold stories. Um, and, and story is the word that really stands out. So what is the importance of story when it comes to marketing for a business? You know, and that's, uh, it's one of the things that we recognized as we kind of dug deeper into what we really do well is that side of the story. It's, you know, when you start a business, we wanted to help you grow that business however you wanted to. It's if you wanted to do, you know, seed round and seed funding and VC or private equity, or at that point, if you wanted to go, you know, a loan or bootstrap a company, it's every business owner started a company for a reason. They wanted to connect to an audience. They wanted to sell something. They wanted to uh, be a part of the community, whatever it was. And we really want to tell those undertold stories that people don't know about. You know, you walk into a company and you can put two things together to have it recognize of what they do and why they do it. But there's always a deeper meaning. There's always that thing that can have somebody spark an attention and build their trust to be a lifelong guest. So it's one of those things where we wanna tell on those undertold stories that make them stand out against the competition, but also that at that point earn a consumer's trust. And once you earn that trust, you can have an ask. It's to buy or to donate or show up. And that's really where we wanted to lean into is just focusing on the story and not having be so focused on budget or camera equipment or really like whatever the ad spend is, it's just going, let's just tell incredible stories that have people walk through the door and saying, how can I be a part of this and how can I help you grow it? And um, that's where we're, we're so fortunate to be in with some incredible partners who 
that's all we care about. It's just the story. That's great. I love that. And, and it's a huge differentiator. You know, you've got a hundred people selling the same widgets, but it's the one that's going to tell the story that really kind of connects with someone, whether it's on an intellectual or an emotional level, that's going to pull them in to want to buy from that specific vendor. So you're offering a fantastic service indeed. Well, we're having fun. I mean, and the other thing too, is that we, we want to make sure that we listen to everyone we work with. You know, if we go into two uh, companies in the same industry, it's just because it worked for one company doesn't mean it's going to work for the other because the realization is they have a different story. They have different culture. They have a different team. They have a different business owner. It doesn't, it's all built into why that unique business owner, why that unique company is going to scale and, you know, uh, bring somebody value or help or offer something larger. And that's what we're, I don't know, we're, we're really grateful to be in the position we're in and, you know, we're having fun along the way. So Duncan, you've, you've got a company that's built around creatives and, and oftentimes those are very kind of solo siloed, you know, kind of head down, uh, nose to the grindstone type of individuals. How do you create team and collaboration within your core values of that, of that group? Yeah. And that's a great question. It's one of those ones where we kind of don't, um, we try to, <laughs> we focus on having everyone have some confidence and not the ego. You know, we very early on in the company recognized that every story we make, every video we create, every story we get to tell is not ours. So if you look at our portfolio from our website, uh, we've only added roughly six company logos to two videos in our company's history. And all of those six videos are for us. Everything else, we don't put a logo on. We don't want to take the attention away from that partner's story because we really believe that, yes, like, are we the ones creating it and potentially molding the story? Yeah, but the reality is it's not our story. So we really have this collective mission as a team to kind of check the ego at the door and say, you know what, we are really big believers in our core values. And those core values are bring your best, be your DNA, be positive and show up for each other. And like those four things are not rooted in, I want to be the best person or the best director or the best, you know, cinematographer or get my credit here or here. It really goes, Hey, how can I be a part of the bigger conversation, help a company tell their story to earn their trust and have a lifelong guest. So we really don't, I mean, we're collaborative to potentially to a fault at times because it takes us a little longer to build the creative because we're have so many internal meetings about it. It's we have so many internal meetings about conversations or companies that we're trying to build stories for or understand companies or brands to then at that point, it could slow us down because there's so many times where you work with a single cinematographer or videographer and they're like, cool, give me 24 hours and I can create a game plan and we can do this, this and this because they don't need to talk with 15 people about it. And that's where we really go is we want to make sure that we have all ideas on the table and we're really focused on that team effort. And, um, it's something that we, it's something that I'm very proud of. Honestly, it's like, we want to have guys and, and gals have confidence in what they do, but, uh, the bigger picture is going, Hey, we want to make sure our partners have incredible stories to, to let them drive their businesses. And if they drive their businesses, our business will follow because we've made a great partnership. Love that. I think that there's a lot of truth in that. And I love the emphasis on and growth of, within the team, that's definitely one of our core values is education. 
not just for ourselves, but for our community and our clients and, and the networks overall. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it's all about education and collaboration for us. Mm -hmm. It's, totally. hey, try something let's, and let's make sure we give each other grace when it doesn't go right. <laughs> so uh, cruising through your LinkedIn, it looks like you've worn the professional athlete hat uh, in your <laughs> life a little bit. How does that carry, how does that experience carry into business ownership? Yeah, I did. I'm fortunate. Again, I kind of referenced it earlier. I feel like I'm one of the luckiest guys in the world. And for the fact that you just said, I've also worn a professional athlete hat is, uh, is only more credit to the fact that I believe I'm one of the luckiest people out there <laughs> because I've literally had a few dream jobs, but, um, yeah, being a professional athlete was really, is it was an interesting and amazing experience because it taught me, you know, I played, I played golf at the mini tour level. So I was, you know, traveling around the country, gambling for a living. It wasn't five-star jets and hotels and, and all this stuff taken care of for me and playing for a million dollars a week. It was, we were playing for, you know, five, 10 grand. And it was, if you didn't make, if you didn't bet on yourself in the right week, you were going home empty handed with, you know, uh, other fees and other expenses, just, you know, it, uh, it really focused or really made you focus on the bigger. And I think that's one of the things that really helps me because right now, you know, when I was a professional athlete hitting golf balls in the driving range, I was working on something to show up in my golf career and show up under pressure three years from that moment. And I have a very similar outlook on business. Like everything I'm doing right today is going to show up in business practice and development two, three years from now, potentially longer, because we're just laying the foundation for where we're going. And it also taught me more about connections and people than it ever, I ever learned about the game of golf. It was collaborative. You know, golf is not a sport where, yeah, like when we get on the tee box and we, it's the guns going off of saying, Hey, it's time to, it's time to go play and time to go gamble a little bit. It's we're trying to beat each other like crazy, but we come together at the end and we shake hands and, you know, go grab a meal together afterwards. And in my opinion, that's the way business should be. It's 100%. I'm not trying to be better than any business. I'm just trying to be the best version of myself. My, I'm trying to have my business and my, and my team be the best version of their self today. And that goes back to like our core values, be your DNA. It's, you know, right now, today is the best version of yourself because you've experienced, you can't experience tomorrow and you've become better than yesterday. You've learned more than yesterday. So right now, the minute we're in is the best version of yourself. So if you can't show up and be your unique DNA, then you know what, go look in the mirror and, you know, make sure you come together and try to be the best version of yourself to help somebody, to build something, to grow something. And you know what, the other thing about it is like, I learned how to work really hard. <laughs> like <laughs> being a professional athlete, you put everything at it. It's my goal was to be the number one player in the world. And I failed at that goal. I did not reach that goal, but I'm really thrilled that I failed at it. And I'm really thrilled that um, I'm currently not sitting on the couch watching my buddies win millions on tour and going, oh, I wish. I'm really fortunate that I had the realization that I got to move on. I got to do something different. And I'm really happy where I've landed because it's a blast. <laughs> well, and the journey and the experience of, of working towards that goal, which it's okay that you didn't hit it, but you, you gave it your best all. Um, carried over obviously on so many different levels to 
uh, the, the business and running a business and growing a, a team and advocating and, and educating. I think there's lots of positives that carry over. And it, it, like, as you said, so I, I love your outlook on, on your lack of hitting that goal. <laughs> I yeah, don't want to say failure. I don't like that word. It was, well, it's, it was, it's funny. Everyone fights me on that word because I tell everybody that I failed. Yeah. And, I, and I really do mean that. Like, and it's not like a, Oh, Duncan, you know, when I tell that to people, everyone tries to give me like the benefit of the doubt. Or like everyone's like, oh, it tries to give me like a compliment. Well, you at least you did it. Sure. Like I was ranked 1200th in the world at one point, but I didn't reach number one. Mm-hmm. And wow. my goal was number one. So like, did I achieve the goal of being a professional golfer? Yes. But did I achieve the ultimate goal? No. But did I give everything and all the effort it was to be the number one player in the world? You better believe it. And for that, I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. I'm proud. I'm happy. I'm all the above, but you know what? I'm giving it the same effort. I might be working harder now than I ever did at golf. And I'm really fortunate. The game of golf kind of, um, you know, forged me into the person I am right now, because, you know, it's funny. It's just like you go up and you don't know what it's like to be backed into a wall and you got to fight your way out until you're about to fail at something that you've put everything towards and you told everyone that you were going to be successful at and to rebuild it and to come out, I don't want to say stronger, but just to come out as a different person. Sure. You know, I'm, uh, I'm having a lot of fun right now. That's great. I love that. Again, you're, you've got such a positive attitude and I think that's fantastic. It's also a great time to pause for a quick message from our sponsor. Social Capital is sponsored by Bamboo Reach. Bamboo Reach, a division of Keystone Click, offers fresh, cost-effective websites and marketing services for the solopreneur and micro-business owner so they can confidently promote their business online. As a small business owner, you have a lot of expertise to offer your ideal customer. Let Bamboo Reach take the stress out of your website development and marketing messaging so that you can grow and focus on what you do well. Visit BambooReach.com to learn more. So Duncan, the purpose of this show is to really help alleviate any fears that someone may have when they hear that word networking. So can you share with our listeners one of your favorite networking experiences that you've had? Oh man, you know, it's one of those, uh, this is going to sound kind of funny, but you know, um, COVID has, is a terrible thing and has affected so many people and so many just detrimental things with, you know, lives lost and businesses lost, but, you know, truly uh, the ability for the world to come together over Zoom or Google Meets or really wherever has been an amazing opportunity for us as, you know, growing a business into the social and digital age. So, um, I mean, there's countless times where I have been on Zoom calls or, you know, cut virtual happy hours over the last year that have been so positive and supportive and collaborative. And um, I can honestly say that I have met some of the best people and some of my now what I would consider dear, dear friends and business partners over Zoom and virtual happy hours over the last year. You know, it's it's one of those things where the world kind of came to everyone if they wanted it to come to you. So, you know, I'm looking at times like there was a there's a there's a great group that happens every other Thursday. Um, and uh, they started off with like 20 people in a room. And now there's like three, four hundred people that are actually it's, it's way more than that on the on the list. But at least a few hundred people show up every week now. 
and yeah. just to collaborate and talk about uh, VCs and venture back companies and tech. And um, it's just an amazing opportunity for the world to kind of come together and be collaborative, even if they're not in the same city. It's, you know, you look at the meetings from before COVID and you had a couple meetings a day, you ran around for a cup of coffee and you were like, man, that was a really busy day with four people. And now it's like, all right, you do four people in an hour and a half. Like yeah. you, you get through projects and you get, you get to be able to tell people's bigger stories. Um, so I don't know, I'm, I'm not saying I'm fortunate for COVID or, you know, cause that's just a terrible thing, but for how the world has opened up to allow people to kind of open the arms and bring people together through zoom and digital age has been, you know, the ultimate networking experience for me across the board over the last year. And, um, I'm grateful that other people had the same idea as I did was just, you know, open it up. There was a, <laughs> there was a time in, in COVID where we did this thing called marketing campaign called eight to five, where I literally left my zoom open live from eight to five every single day, Monday through Friday. Wow. And what the concept was, it started was just an internal team thing where anyone can pop in here into our kind of virtual living room yep. and say, Hey, ask questions, talk to me, whatever it is. So it was really cool when I was there by myself, just working away. And then all of a sudden two team members would go, cool, I'm going to, let's go to the living room and chat. And I would literally put myself on mute and go, they would have a conversation. Huh. Like, it was so cool. But then at that point we opened it up to everybody. And we, 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 you know, sent it out. We said, Hey, please come join us whenever you want. Just pop in. Here's the link. This will be open from eight to five every day. So like when I went to have lunch or have a coffee meeting, like it would literally like, we'd put a, uh, <laughs> just a blank screen up that says like, Hey, like out at lunch or like on a call. And I would come back and we had some really, I had friends from childhood pop on and like, I mean, even my mom got on there once and that was, that was an experience, but, um, <laughs> you know, it was like, we had people come from different businesses and different companies that we supported and like, we built videos for and stories for, and then all of a sudden, like they're talking and figuring out how to collaborate. And so, I don't know, it was, it was, an, it was a really fun time, um, as we did this like eight to five campaign. That's <laughs> it, clever, uh, super unique and I love it. And I, I agree. I think there's a lot of different ways that people have maximized um, the, tried to find the opportunities within the COVID situation. Uh, and a lot of them are positive because these are things that would not have happened. I mean, would you have ever done that if, if we weren't in this scenario that we're in? You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally agree with you. And like, we're kind of, you know, we're kind of flirting with the idea of doing it all over again. Um, recognizing that now I travel too much and I'm in too many meetings to like do it effectively. So we're trying to find the right way to like kind of bring that concept back to life with doing it in a unique and a better way. Sure. Yeah. Love it. How do you stay in front of and best nurture your network in your community? Oh, that's a great question. And I think it's perfect timing <laughs> has, uh, because I don't know if you recognize this, but I have stayed silent on social media for the last three and a half years. Uh, and I really do mean that I haven't posted on my own personal social media since October 9th of 2017. Wow. Yep. And it's funny to think that I am the CEO of a content company and I haven't posted on a single thing in my personal page in three and a half, in over three and a half years. But yesterday was the very first day that I am back online and we put a post out and now uh, we're prepared and we are organized to not have it stop. 
So I think the best way to nurture and build community in your networking is, again, it's a matter of who you are and what your DNA is. It's you have to look at yourself in the mirror and go, what's right for me? You know, right now, the world and the algorithms will tell you video is the king, right? But if you're terrible on video, you might not want to go on video. Sure. You know, if it's, hey, I'm really a phenomenal writer, then just double down on a blog, really lean into Twitter, all these different things to recognize that here's where your strength is. And for that, I would say the way you nurture and way you build is, you know, if you want to become a leading expert, then figure out the right way to talk about it and figure out the right way that's right for you. Because if you enjoy it, you won't fight it. Like I'm dyslexic. So if you told me that you, I needed to write a blog every day, four hours of my day would be gone. I would hate it. It'd be miserable. But if you say, Hey, just put a two minute video out every single day, I can do that in three minutes. Sure. I don't need, I don't need a plan for it. I flip the camera on and I can talk. But if you were like, Duncan, I need you to write a blog every day. Here's your marketing strategy. I would be like, Oh my gosh. Like, like, I don't even know where I'm going to begin here. So it's like the writing side of things is not for me. So well, and it's, yeah, you're, you're right. It, it's finding what works best for you. And there is no one solution solves all the problems. It's, it's what's your comfort, what's in your comfort zone. Right. And then don't listen to the algorithms. Like, yeah, analytics and algorithms are super important at times for what you want to do, but you also got to look at what your goal is. If your goal is to be, you know, the best of the best, then all right, then you might want to hire a team to support you because you got to be everywhere. Right. And now if it's sitting back here and saying, Hey, I love what I do. And I just want to have this piece for me. And if I bring a couple clients in for it, then amazing. But if I don't like, this is just a joy for something that I get to do in my business for my company and for myself. And that's what's like, like, that's the stuff where you connect with. Because, you know, it's, it's like, how many times have you gone to a restaurant and you just have said, you know what, this, this meal is so good because like, I know they made it with a little more love. <laughs> but when you read an article, when you watch a video and when they just absolutely enjoy what they do, you connect with it on a deeper level. Totally. And so just enjoy the process. And I know that's like a cliche of like, it's, it's the journey of the process. You know, it's not the end result, blah, 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 blah. But like, if you can really love it, and make it right for you and just like wake up and you can just knock it out because you, it's, an, it's a treat, then double down on it. Be an expert in that space. Don't try to be adequate everywhere else. Love it. Love it. hundred percent. Here's a fun one for you, Duncan. If you could go back to your 20 year old self, what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career? Um, I think patience would be a great word. Mm. Uh, truly, I think patience is a really big word. Um, I haven't, when I played professional golf, I thought I needed to be at the top of the world when I was 30 and recognizing that it's a 40 year career is, uh, is tough for a 25 year old who thinks he knows everything. So for me right now, um, I recognize that to achieve my goal, uh, for where I want to go, it's going to take 40, maybe 50 years, but, uh, I'm very much up and prepared for it. And uh, so patience would be a big one. Um, and then I would also say um, experience. It's understand where you want to go, look at yourself in the mirror, be good with yourself, be self-aware about where you want to go and how much you want to sacrifice for it. You know, it's, are you willing to sacrifice everything for something? And if you are, man, don't let anyone stop you. It's like, 
put positive people who can believe and celebrate you for who you are, because then at that point, you're going to be able to change the world. Or you're going to make, you're going to make the biggest impact on someone's life that is going to, you're going to sit back when you're 60, 70, 80, 90, whatever. And it's going to hit you like a ton of bricks that you've accomplished something bigger. So uh, patience would be a big one as well. I mean, like that's, that's maybe the biggest one because recognizing that we get to play a game that's, you know, it's not like the NFL or the NBA when your career's over in the ballpark of 35, 40, but you know, you and I get to build businesses for the next, I mean, how many more years, 40, 50 years, potentially like <laughs> that's incredible. Like yeah. I'm so excited to be doing this and like to have signed up. I kind of joke that yesterday was the first day of the next 40 years of posting online every single day. Like it's like, you know, we put up the second one today and it was like, okay, two down 40 years to go. <laughs> and, and I really do mean that. Like it's, it's going to be bigger. And I'm, and I'm really excited about giving myself a little more patience, even though I work, you know, 12 straight hours a day and, and I love what I do and all that kind of stuff. But to recognize that I have the patience to achieve the goal that I'm going after is, uh, it's just different than when I was 24 and trying to conquer the golf world. Yeah. I, patience is definitely something that I wish I had. I wanted everything right away. And I don't know exactly at what point in my life I realized like it's it, be patient, you know, it's going to take time. You don't, you don't become a master overnight. No, you, don't. you really, you, I mean, there's a lot of people who can speed the process up, but uh, it's not still not overnight. It is countless hours. And those hours really forge you into being the person that you're going to be. Mm -hmm. And if you, if you let yourself slip or you let yourself, and that's why I kind of said, you have to understand your DNA to understand how much you, you're willing to sacrifice. Yep. You know, it's when I was 20 and playing golf, I, everything was sacrificed, friends, family, uh, partying. I mean, everything, it was only the game of golf. Now there's a few more things that are more important to me. Like, obviously, you know, my marriage is extremely important to me and, uh, I don't think that will be sacrificed for my business, but I'm really fortunate that my wife understands my goal and understands the importance that it is for me. And so I hope it doesn't fight too much, but you know, Hey, that's uh, that's called personal life. And, uh, but that's the truth of it is going to understand how much you're willing to sacrifice and, and put towards it because then don't let anyone stop you. If you have this big goal, like go after it, you know, put one foot in front of the other and do something that you wake up every morning, whatever that's right time for you. And like, have your feet hit the ground and be obsessed with your life. Just imagine waking up every morning and kind of given this like, hell yeah, mentality of, you know, being just absolutely obsessed with what you do, with who you're with, um, how you're building. And a lot of times it's hard. A lot of times it's really hard, but more times than not, it's worth every inch of it. It's worth every scar and every pain. And I mean, as they say, it's nothing is worth doing without a little discomfort. You know, it's like, I want to be comfortable with being uncomfortable and I'm lucky. I've, uh, I got a long way to go, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. That's where you grow when you're in your uncomfortable zone, right? <laughs> yeah. It's how you, it's how you forge. Like mm -hmm. it's for what you want to see out of yourself. It's, you know, it's really funny. It's everyone talks about kind of, um, you know, it was, I was arguably just like disappointed in my last career, or I'm disappointed in like the trajectory I have right now, because I'm just not achieving it fast enough, for example, but I got to give myself patience. 
but everyone says, oh, we like you for who you are. But, you know, really, like, I know I can do more. Like, I know I can be better. And that's always the struggle for me right now is going, hey, I know I can be better. I know I can do more. I know I can put more towards this. I can know I can be a better leader. I can be a better husband. I can be a better friend. And it's a matter of what I'm willing to sacrifice in a priority list to go, nope, that doesn't align right now. That doesn't fall into what I'm trying to accomplish. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's something that I struggle with every day. And it's something that I fight for and I, and I live for and I strive to be better at. And it's a, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun, even trying to, even through the hardest parts of it. Mm-hmm. Duncan, I'm going to give you the opportunity to interview me. What is something that you'd like to ask me? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Um, man, I'm trying to think of something that like you haven't been asked before. Um, if, oh man, what would I ask you? That's a great, man, you are just one of the most talented and unique people that I've been able to like get to know. So like, that's such a hard question. Um, but I like this question. I like this question. Um, if you were going to give one piece of advice to your, oh man, actually, no, no, no. Nope. Okay. The biggest question I'm going to ask you is what your ultimate goal is. When you look back in your 60, 70, 80, 90, 100, 120, maybe, whatever it is, because I believe we will live past 100 easily. Um, what is the one thing that like you want to remember or, rem- or to be remembered for, for who you are and like what that goal is? Oh, that's fun. Um, hmm. I-, I was trying to process your question because you went like three different directions. <laughs> I did. Kind of zoned I it did. In. Um, so my, my head was going a couple different directions initially, but, uh, yeah, you know, it's interesting you asked that because I didn't really think much about my legacy until my father passed away and realized Mm. how much of an impact he had on not only our family, but like the community, the hockey community specifically, because he's, he was big hockey coach his whole life. And, um, Mm like so many people shared amazing stories after he passed about how much he impacted, not just the sport that they played, but like how he made them better human beings, you know? Mm. And, and I've thought a lot about like, well, what do I want my legacy to be? And I, and I like that. I want to make people better and I want to make people feel good about themselves and feel encouraged and motivated, you know? And that's something that I really try to, to push through um, education and just a positive attitude. I think it's so important to just let people know that someone cares about them mm. and that if they've got, they can do it. If, if they want to, you know, it, they just have to take that first step <laughs> and, mm. and give it a try at the very least. So um, yeah, that's an interesting question. Thank you for, for asking that. So I got a follow up to that too. Okay. How are you going to know when that happens? And then also, how are you going to celebrate it? You know, to some extent, I've seen some of that happen. Um, you know, I taught at the local university for uh, three and a half years, and, and I've had my business since 2008. So it is that thir- 13 years now. Um, mm-hmm. And I've had past students reach out to me. I've had past employees reach out to me and and thank me for what I taught them and that they feel that they are further along in their career right now because of either the class that, you know, they took my class or because 
I gave them so much of a learning opportunity when they were, you know, just an intern or something like that within my organization. So that when I have those moments and that those people reaching out to me, um, just puts a big smile on my face and that it kind of motivates me to, to keep doing that and to keep pushing towards that. I haven't thought about celebrating that at all. Hmm. That's, that's an interesting thought and challenge. <laughs> yeah. That's, and it's something that somebody asked me that a while ago and like, it was oddly, like I had a really quick answer for it, but I like this question. I like kind of asking that because it's a unique one of like, not like, when do you know you're going to be successful? Like, sure. but like, when it happens and you have this realization, like, what does it look like? Like, is there a big party? Like, is there a retirement with a gold watch? Or is it like just this kind of quiet moment you have of with like close family or colleagues and like, just have this like wave rush over with you. Like, you know, you did it. Yeah. I have to think, think about the celebration a little bit. I mean, I celebrate life in general. Yeah, I've always been one to celebrate the little victory. So, um, you know, it's Good something silly, but we, we get a new client and we share, uh, um, the, one of the NHL teams, you know, goal horns, <laughs> like, really, we, we play it like, yeah, we, cause we, we're big hockey fans in the office. I love we, that. I think that's so cool. You know, it's like, ah, we got a, we scored a goal. Yay. New client, <laughs> you know, just, it's <laughs> just something Silly. So you got to, you got to celebrate the little things because then that it's uplifting, you know, and it's, it keeps you moving on to get to that next one. And don't just wait for the, the end goal to be achieved. You know, all the little victories are helping you achieve that goal. I agree. And I struggle with that. Like I struggle with the, the small victories personally. Hmm. When, and I'm going to go back to the sport of hockey here. So, um, and I don't know if I share with you, I I play. And one of the things that we always stay, or at least something that I tell myself consistency consists consistently, goodness, is to, to win the little battles. Mm. The little battles are what's going to win the game. Ultimately, you know, it's doing the little things from stealing the puck from the opponent and intercepting the pass or, or, you know, stopping someone from taking the shot. I mean, all those little victories are what's going to add up to winning the game at the end of the day. And that's kind of the way that I look at, you know, you, you celebrate your teammates and say, nice job, or that's a really good pass. Or, you know, those little components are what's going to help you um, celebrate those little things are what's going to help you win the game. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose, but uh, it keeps you motivated to co- keep coming back to try it again. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I, I, it's one of those ones where I'm so focused on the macro that I struggle. I understand what happens in the micro, but I struggle to celebrate the micro because I know I'm so focused 40 years from now. <laughs> well, you've got, you've got some micro people on your team though, right? Oh, I mean, my team's incredible. Like I, I kind of joke that um, we put somebody in a position to literally go like they're the celebration champion 100%. so it's like when we have to celebrate when something happens like even small big they just have to look at me and go dunk we gotta go do this and i go cool all right i'm in and i'll celebrate <laughs> with them but i will never have the thought to go oh we should go celebrate this mm-hmm. so we literally have a celebration champion on the team love it that's amazing mm-hmm. that's fantastic all right we're, we're getting to the time here so duncan if anyone was interested in getting in contact with you what is the best way that they can reach you 
Oh, I mean, right now, I mean, uh, I would have told you something different a week ago, but we're on all <laughs> social media platforms now. Uh, but truly, no, uh, check out our website, thelittlefield.co. And uh, even my Calendly link is on there. My Calendly is open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. every single day. So it's open to anyone internal of our team or external. So jump, jump in, grab 25 minutes with me. I would love to meet you. But then LinkedIn, uh, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, we're on Twitter still. Um, and then uh, everywhere else, <laughs> just please write me an email. Love to hear from you and would love to connect and hear your story. Awesome. We will include all of that information in our show notes. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Oh, this has been an absolute treat. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. All right. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. Huge thank you to Duncan for taking the time to connect with us. As mentioned before, let's definitely connect on LinkedIn. I'm looking forward to hearing from you. Have an amazing day and we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.